an organization that has been around since, as, as we said, for 200 years and have put us in a position uh, with their help and their gifts uh, and resources to the library to have us in a position where the town of Franklin holds the oldest public library in the country. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass FM dial 102.9. There was a town council meeting last night. It was a little bit longer than some we've had, but it's Thursday morning and we're getting into our town council quarterbacking session with town council chair, John Mercer. Tom, happy Thursday. And happy Thursday to you, Steve, and happy holidays. Uh, it is that season. So uh, uh, good morning and glad to be here. Absolutely. And we'll just wrap a little bit towards the end as we re- recap the night before, et cetera. But this is the last time this year. Where did the year go? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't tell you. Uh, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I knew. Uh, and the older we get, the quicker they go, for sure. Yes. And we've got a whole lot of work ahead of us. So that's yes, that's the do. way it is, right? Yep. Yep. yep, for sure. So for the listeners, if you're just joining us, welcome. What we attempt to do is kind of in uh, the New England sports analogy, kind of review. Okay, what just happened? last night and what does it mean for us franklin residents and taxpayers and for the regulars you're aware of this and we appreciate you coming back so we'll just dig right in and you started last night with uh four appointments one to the conservation commission two to the disability commission and then a relatively unique one in terms of we're adding a sealer of weights and measures (laughs) for sure uh and uh again uh i I'd like to thank these people for stepping up and uh, offering of their time to the and expertise uh, to the community. The uh, first appointment was Mark LePage to the Conservation Commission. And then uh, we had Allison Rame to the Disability uh, Commission and Francesca Ritchie to the Disability Commission. And again, we can't thank them enough for stepping up and, you know, a few of them have uh, stepped up before and are continuing to step up and give of their time and expertise uh, to help make Franklin a better place for everyone. And uh, 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 we can't thank them enough for stepping forward. And then the last appointment was, uh, as you stated, uh, kind of a new one to a degree. Uh, uh, where we appointed our building inspector, uh, Gus Brown, to as the sealer of weights and measures. And this is a position that's been, uh, uh, that we had many years ago. And uh, then the state came in and said, oh, we're going to help the communities out. And the state came in and they kind of took over. Uh, then as you increase, as the community increases in size, uh, the state takes care of 
the community's under, I think it's 20,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And uh, we were fortunate enough so that the state, uh, whether they closed their eyes or whatever they did, uh, but they continued to help serve our community uh, as we exceeded that number. Uh, but as most things do, it eventually catches up and it has caught up and now uh, they will no longer be able to service our community. So we had to appoint one. And uh, in yesteryear, it was uh, in some cases the building inspectors that have uh, jumped on this uh, position. Um, you know, and I would be remiss if I didn't say, I don't know where Gus finds the time to do what he currently does and to add this piece, uh, you know, I question whether it's fair, but he's ready and up for the challenge. And again, this we're hoping is a temporary situation Mm -hmm. as we're looking to, uh, maybe team up with some other uh, neighboring communities and kind of jointly uh, have one have somebody in the position that could service more than one community. So uh, that's what our goal is. Uh, but in the interim, we had to have somebody appointed. Uh, so Gus, fortunately or unfortunately, was. Uh, the individual we had to go to. And again, this is, uh, I think we alluded to, you know, four or 500 different uh, uh, scales and scanners uh, Mm -hmm. that have to be inspected on an annual basis. And uh, uh, not an easy task. Uh, uh, And that's a lot. And, you know, it's not just gasoline pumps, but it's, uh, scales and scanners. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, uh, that was the appointment, and we thank Gus for uh, uh, stepping up and jumping in and handling this uh, position for us, at least on a temporary basis. Yeah. So, for the residents as well, to be clear, as we've gone to the pumps, there's usually a state seal with a date and the time and signature. Now that signature is going to be Gus potentially in for an interim period. But I think this, to your point, this is one of those services where, yes, it's a service. Yes, it has a consumer impact. Yes, it's needed. Uh, because I think as he learned in his training session, if the gas pumps fail, they tend to fail in favor of the gas pump owner and not on the consumer side, which is an issue. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is also something I think really begs more of a kind of a regional approach. Um, yeah. The state clearly yeah. had done it and can do that. They could do it at a scale certainly better than we could. So I yeah, absolutely. So regionalization of, of this position is certainly uh, where we hope to go with it. And uh, we've already started the conversations with uh, some neighboring communities. So uh, hopefully that will uh, come to fruition in the not too distant future, uh, because it is uh, a lot of work. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And I think it was 400 of one, 100 another. So yeah, 500, but he, he, that that's almost two a day. <laughs> yeah. So that that given he's already busy with what he's got, um, yeah, where is he going to do that and when? So, and then your annual approvals for the alcohol licenses, which seem to be in a good state um, at this yeah. point. Yes, uh, it was nice to uh, to hear that in most cases. Uh, we don't have any that we're uh, going to end up holding, it appears like. Uh, there's still some, uh, I think, a half a dozen uh, that need to be reinspected uh, before the first of the year, but uh, there didn't appear to be any major issues. It was just little things that they had to get straightened away. So uh, prior to the uh, giving out of the licenses and the renewals and along with those renewals uh, uh there'll be a uh, a letter uh that uh emphasizing and reinforcing what our uh, town bylaws state which is the an establishment that is serving alcohol must also serve food uh, up until half hour, an hour before closing. And that's a local bylaw. We've had some situations recently where we've found that uh, this isn't holding true everywhere. So uh, we want to reemphasize to the license holders that they are required to serve food along uh up until 30 minutes. I, I mean, we're not to the minute, but that's basically what the bylaw states. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's again, from a safety perspective, really, in terms of the health and safety of both the, the customers is the better word there. Um, mm -hmm. But then anybody who's going to be, you know, around when that individual leaves, uh, okay. you know, that's right. so, so. It's just looking out for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, so that's what the bylaw was put in place for. So so those will go out and uh, the renewals will be uh, uh, handed out prior to uh, January 1. Yep. And, and for those uh, to reinforce as well that while they're renewed, they're held at the town hall until all the check boxes are completed. So, exactly. yeah, nobody can go and get it in, in advance. Um, so, yeah, also a safety factor. And then uh, more of a presentation in terms of a proclamation, but as well, there was also an accompanying uh, acknowledgement of a significant gift, but also recognition of, was it two decades of service by the Franklin Library Association, which is finally that, closing that, their doors, that, but yeah. with a, another nice contribution, too. Not two decades, but two hundred. Two hundreds. Two hundred yeah. years. Two hundred years. Uh, of the Franklin Libraries Association. Uh, and uh, this is an organization that has been around since, as, as we said, for 200 years and have put us in a position uh, with their help and their gifts uh and resources to the library to 
have us in a position where the town of Franklin holds the oldest public library in the country. That's that's something that the community should be very proud of. And it's thanks to uh, clearly to not only the community, but to this organization that has provided uh, the dollars, the money to help keep this library going from uh, its onset 200 years ago. And uh, we just can't thank them enough. They have looked to disband over the last uh, number of years, uh, but they were still uh, providing funds to mm -hmm. the library. And last night, uh, they gave their final gift of $70,000 uh, to help digitize and uh, continue to help with the operation of the Franklin Public Library. And we just can't say enough to the organization, uh, not just the present members, but the members for the past 200 years. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm there. There may be an opportunity there for somebody to kind of compile the records over those 200 years to find out how many people actually were associated with the organization. There may, in fact, be 200. Who knows? But yeah. it was a long time, and it was a lot of money. I think it was totaled at what 500 thousand dollars over the 200 years. That's yes. a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and they've been there uh, from the very beginning. So. Yep. Great, and can't thank them enough. And then you went to the always fun topic with Brutus talking about snow. That's one of my favorite presentations of the year uh, when Brutus comes in top hat and all and presents the uh, snow removal presentation that he annually does, not only for the council, but for the entire community as uh People move in, uh, maybe hadn't watched in a number of years. People that are uh, new to the community get an opportunity to see and understand a little better what uh, what our snow uh, removal uh, is all about, uh, the order in which they do things, uh, uh, the things that you can do as a homeowner to help, things that you can do as a homeowner that you should not do as a homeowner. Yes. Uh, uh, as far as uh, pushing snow out into the street and so forth. So uh, it's something that if you haven't seen it, I would suggest that it's entertaining. Uh, as well as very informational. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say, you know, jump on the town's website, jump on Franklin Matters. Uh, you will, uh, and you can watch the presentation that uh, Brutus gave last night to the council and to, to the community. Yeah, it's always entertaining and you always learn a little bit something along the way. Um, there's always some aspect, even if for the, the number of years I've been seeing it, there's always some slight changes to it. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's goodness. And it sounds like there'll also be that other discussion, which I know the council has gotten into from time to time over the years in regards to there's a safety perspective of sidewalks and being cleared. 
and there's a joint ownership of that, but that really is not clear. And there sounds like there'll be some discussion around that still on the table coming back um, as to, okay, who's going to do what and when and where, because people need to be safer on sidewalks. Exactly. So, uh, and, and that's a discussion. That's an item that uh, I push off to the uh, EDC uh, Economic Development Committee subcommittee to review uh, and come to the council with a uh, recommendation. Uh, so, um, that's something that we hope to uh, see in the not too distant future. It's not something that we could get into place this year, but it's something to look at for the years coming. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and given some of the other climate changes, uh, I think the nature, we may not get as much snow, but it sounds like we're going to get other weather incidents that are going to be icy at least. So it's still going to be an issue. And if we don't get it right away, we need to do something, period. So, yeah, exactly. that'll be good. And then there were two other items that in together you needed legally, I guess, to pair them, do one and then the other. But the bottom line was because of the opioid settlement and then the state making changes to it, we needed to create a stabilization fund to manage the inflows and outflows of those funds. Exactly. And it just it's a much uh, cleaner way to handle those funds and it gives us a little more flexibility as to uh, uh, bringing those funds through the town coffers. So last night it was just uh, an opportunity to put these uh, put the stabilization fund into uh, uh, in into our uh, bylaws, so we can do this going forward. These things are going to go away uh, at some uh, point. With the, yeah, with the, at some point with the changes in the uh, state law uh, coming down. So, uh, unfortunately, these funds that we've uh, been the benefactors of uh, for uh, the last year or so are going to uh, eventually go away. But this gives us the opportunity to manage those funds till that happens. Right, right. And I believe it's similar as like all the stabilization funds, it requires a majority to go in, but two thirds majority to come out, which gives that appropriate oversight to make sure that they truly are going the way they were supposed to, which in this case, for these, I don't think will be much of an issue at some point. So, but yeah, I I would hope not. Yeah. And then the next item uh, for discussion this morning, uh, three more parcels of unimproved land. So you've achieved in the last 18 months, a significant move of unimproved land or open space that is now no longer going to be developed for housing. Absolutely. And, you know, there's uh, sitting in the seats that uh, the council sit in and certainly myself as chair, uh, I sit there and say, I look back on some of the the many years that I've served. And this is one of those where I sit back and say, boy, did we do something good for the community. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the fact that in the last 18 months, we have brought on 
200 acres of open space. And uh, I think we alluded to it last night. Uh, there's no infrastructure needed for those 200 acres. No plowing and required. No plowing <laughs> required. And the trees don't go to school. Yes. So there's, uh, there's no educational component. Yeah. Uh, so this is just a really, really uh great thing to have been able to achieve and it's not just uh as i stated last night it's not just the current council it's it's the last half a dozen councils that uh have identified the open space uh pieces that we should be keeping our eyes on as things move forward and it's just uh they've all the the last two big pieces came to fruition in the last 18 months and we were in a very good financial position uh with the community preservation act and uh, bringing those uh funds and making good use of those funds to help us uh be able to afford to purchase these properties and then Last night, those three pieces, uh, which roughly is 17 acres, that abut the, the most recent uh, property that we purchased, being the Schmidt Farm property, mm -hmm. add 17 acres of a huge hill with trees and paths. Uh, it's just uh, something that I... I I'm just so proud that we've been able to accomplish that goal as a community, as a council and as a community. And I can't thank the Dalzell family enough for their generosity in uh, offering it to the community at a, such a reduced number compared to what they could have gotten on the open market. Uh, so uh thank you again to uh the Delzell family and I thank the my fellow counselors as well as our administration for doing the work to bringing this piece this additional piece into the coffers of the community totaling 200 acres in 18 months mm -hmm. but that's a great thing that's yeah. a great yeah. I don't think anybody ever had it on their, you know, forecast card. Oh, 200 acres oh. of free space to accomplish this year. That, no. that was not in the radar. <laughs> no, no, that was, that would be a, a goal that we probably would have never put out there. No. Uh, but no. And the other piece related to that, but an important side note too, is that the what we do here, but more importantly, what the town does in terms of the newsletter, the newsletter is full and informative as it is coming out once a month, went to the residents and the residents said, oh, maybe we can talk to them since now they're buying Schmidt's Farm. Maybe they'd be interested in our property. The happy coincidence of that occurring and yeah. going back in line, okay, we started the newsletter. The newsletter is informative. It gets out to the people. People read it. And then they put two and two together, and then they come forward. And and we now have the wherewithal to actually complete that. 
hello, that's great. <laughs> it certainly is, <laughs> for sure. Indeed. And then moving along to uh, authorization for the town administrator to submit the next step. And I think it was the 25% piece of the opera money or American Rescue Plan Act money that the Norfolk County is administering. And we submitted our next set of proposals to go for to get it, which also sets us up for potentially some free money. Exactly. And it's something that, uh, you know, came to light. And I think we've we talked about at a prior one of the prior uh, quarterbacking sessions, as well as a prior uh, council meeting where uh, there are communities that uh, have not used all of the funds that uh, uh, might have been allocated to them. And uh, those funds go back into the pool and uh, communities that have ready needs, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, that can be identified uh, might have a another bite at the apple, shall we say. Sure. And uh, we certainly want to be, and I uh, applaud the efforts of the administration for having us in that position so that we're right near the top of that list of, uh, uh, hey, we're ready. Our hands are up mm -hmm. uh, and our hands are out. So yeah. uh, and I think uh, to, Brutus, yeah, to Brutus's point, the DPW certainly has a list of projects. So we just went to the next one on the list and said, hey, this exactly. fits. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fits. Let's go. And here again, we got rewarded. So yeah. uh, it's 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 a good thing. And again, thanks to the administration as well as the you know Brutus and the DPW for uh, being helping us to be in the right position at the right time to request the additional funds. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then while you did a gift acceptance earlier, you got another one for the recreation department from the Vendettis for yes, a significant uh, amount. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, we can't thank uh, Joe Vendetti uh, and his family for uh, the generous donation of uh, roughly $109,000 to uh, and it's a specific amount. It was 1982.25 that was donated to put turf under the new playground that uh, they donated a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so this actually puts uh, the proper underlayment uh, in place uh, underneath that uh, the new playground. And uh, our recreation director, Ryan Jetty, was uh, on, Zoom, on Zoom last night and jumped in to explain that, you know, uh, these guidelines and state guidelines and federal guidelines change with uh, what, what needs to be, what are the best things to have under playground equipment and, mm -hmm. and so forth. And it's constantly changing. And this... Uh, is something that he worked with uh, uh, the Vendetti family to, uh, they asked, what do we need to do? This is what we need. We got the, we got the numbers. We presented it, uh, Ryan presented it to uh, Joe Vendetti and 
Joe uh, stepped forward as they have always done and uh, made the generous donation to uh, for the turf underneath the playground. So yeah, that's why thing, it's, uh... can't thank can't thank the community enough. Uh, and, and it's not just the Vendetti family, everybody in the community, the gifts that come forward, that cross uh, the council's uh, desks uh, as are, are just so generous. The $10 gifts as well as the $100,000 gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the community is just so generous in giving back and uh I always like to recognize any of those gifts, uh, both at the council level as well as uh, on the, on these quarterbacking sessions, because it's so important and uh, it just sends the message out there how people feel about their community. And uh, it's the best community in the state. Yeah, and we've we've talked about it before, but yeah, the people step up when needed, and this is just one of those cases, and we certainly appreciate that. Then you went into an executive session, came back out, and had two items, uh, and setting the stage for that as well. It was for those who were following, finance committee heard that, and others had heard prior that there was this compensation analysis being done by the town. So these two items, which the compensation plan will be coming to the FinCom in January, but mm-hmm. these two items are at least being acted upon now related to that. Right. And, and, and again, uh, uh, sometimes our meetings go quite long and, uh, you know, there's an occasional uh, need for an executive session uh, uh that make them sometimes even longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I tried to do last night was to uh, try and put as many of those executive sessions that we were going to need in the near future all together and uh, get through them all at once. So uh, we had a couple of different things. We had a police and fire uh, piece that we had to deal with in executive session. And then we... Uh, uh, had two other pieces of uh, uh, the only two pieces that really the town council uh, is has to deal with, which is the town clerk, uh, because uh, that position is an elected and obviously the town administrator. So uh, as far as the town clerk goes, uh, what we had done was we hired a consultant to do a compen class, which is a uh, compensation classification uh, survey across the state of Massachusetts to see where our uh, rates were, where our classifications of job positions were how they fell within the state. So the Compton class report is complete. It has been filed in the town clerk's office as we are required to do by law. It will be presented to the FinCom on January 11th, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, but part of this compensation plan, people will may or may not remember uh, a few months ago, uh, uh, we were looking at the town clerk's position and there was a request and uh, we kind of met somewhere in the middle and said that we would take another look at that uh, once it didn't make sense for us to do the whole thing in the beginning, uh, because we were out doing this comp and class plan. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, uh, once that came in, we were able to look at it and see where that position should fit, what the class was, and really what the uh, low and high range and where uh, the mid range was. And what we did last night was to uh, adjust the town clerk's salary to be in the mid-range of that position based upon the average, the communities with the same population, similar population, mm -hmm. similar budget. So uh, that's basically what we did with the... Uh, town clerk's uh, contract and the town administrator's contract. Uh, we did a kind of comparison uh, with the class and comp plan. We did unilaterally, we did a uh, look at the town administrators. So uh, yes, we had just signed a contract with the town administrator roughly a year ago, uh, but there were just a couple of tweaks that we uh, wanted to make because based upon what was out there in the uh, uh, in the plan that we went out and looked at mm -hmm. uh, across the state. So we uh, just a couple of tweaks. There's no uh, there was no monetary and no dollar no dollar change in the contract. Uh, we extended it just a little bit uh, uh, to kind of uh, just move forward. So uh, again, no uh, no real uh, changes, but just a couple of minor tweaks. Yep. No financial impact. No additional no, dollars no at this point. Yeah. None whatsoever. Yeah, but there'll be other topics of other discussions next year oh, as we get into yes. more that will have yes, financial it will. impact. The, the comp, <laughs> uh, the, I have had an opportunity to look at the comp and class plan, and it's uh, uh, it's it's eye opening to a degree. Uh, I'm sure it is uh, seeing where all the different municipal positions, and it's something that's been long overdue for mm -hmm. our community. Uh, yeah. We have uh, we have a great workforce. We have great department heads. We have uh, great workforces behind them, and uh, they should be compensated appropriately. So uh, this gives us something to work with a basis, right? Uh, and, and so so it's an, all good. Yeah, an so, additional data point not previously available. We'll get aside yeah. from the speculation. Well, they do this. They do. Right, now exactly. you've got something. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Specifically because of the quarterbacking for now, but then for the entire year. Thank you. And I hope the listeners appreciate that as well. And uh, happy holidays as well, because this is our last time. Although, obviously, we may meet in the, in the course of the week, in the days and center, but not on the air, so to speak. Well, 
Absolutely. And and I'd just like to say once again, I'd like to thank, uh, uh, publicly thank my fellow counselors, uh, all of our volunteer and elected boards, our town administration, our department heads, our entire workforce, our school committee and our uh, teachers and all of the people that work for the community that help make Franklin, in my opinion, the best community in the state of Massachusetts. And can't thank you enough. Happy holidays to everyone. Steve, thank you for having me. Thank you for these quarterbacking sessions. Happy holidays. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for the listeners, a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.